We'll take your Bibles and turn to Romans 8th chapter 26, 826. Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought. But the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And he that searches the heart knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit, because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the call according to his purpose. For whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be first the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom, all, whom he did predestinate, them he also called, and whom he called, them he also justified, and whom he justified, them he also glorified. Let's pray together, please. Our most gracious Heavenly Father, we do come before thy throne of grace again. We thank you for the privilege you give us that we might come together to worship thee and look to thee to be a worship acceptable in thy sight and for thy spirit to move among us. And Lord, that you be magnified and glorified and saving the lost and edifying the saints. We just praise Thee for all Thy blessings You give us. In Jesus' name, amen. The title of the message is Providence. I want to do just a very few messages on the Sunday afternoons on Providence, or that's my plan right now. <clears throat> Providence means care or preparation in advance, foresight, prudent management, economy, the care, guardianship, and control exercised by uh, and deity or divine direction, this American Heritage Dictionary. And although the word itself doesn't appear in the Scripture, but it is evident in the Scripture. That's what God, how God works among His people and in the world. All these definitions, if you will, speak of God's care and management of His creation. And He does it in such a way that we don't know He's doing it. The only way we know He's doing it is by faith. Uh, we look out and it rains and and uh, uh, snows or whatever it is and things happen in our life and sometimes we can't see uh, any order to it. Uh, but God's got an order to it. He's got a plan and he's working that out uh, in a way that's unseen. Uh, providence that's seen is not providence. It It is that which we, it seems like just a normal action state affairs i had mentioned one time i i should have said something to patty while she's here but we was on our way down to, to the church i was pastoring in kentucky and and uh, patty got real sick and they was uh, wasn't very old looking i don't just a few well it's almost a year old i guess maybe but anyway she threw up and you know usually milk and just smell but there wasn't any smell to it we cleaned her up and everything got the car seat cleaned and we jumped in the car and went on down there which made us running late and we got down the road a little piece and it was just a major accident <clears throat> and if we'd been a little sooner we probably would have been in it and <clears throat> so sometimes we can get an inkling that God is working God is moving in our lives in specific ways but most things just seem to happen by happen chance and nonetheless, though, God is in control, and He is controlling all things. Yeah. It is God's marvelous, unseen management, if you will, of His creation, the secret, hidden, uh, 
private, unnoticeable, without the eyes of faith, you cannot see it or understand it. Now, why have we been knocked off of some meteors, you know? And as a kid, he's going to have meteors going to strike the earth and destroy the face of it and so on and so forth. And we know in the book of Revelation that is going to happen. They'll fall like figs out of a tree, but <clears throat> it's going to be according to God's goodwill and pleasure. And, and we don't have to worry about uh, planets getting too close or stuff like that that seems like some people are now afraid of. Uh, and the point is that God takes care of all of this. And uh, just like answering our prayers, a lot of times our prayers are answered in time, uh, but we know for God to answer it as he has, uh, that it ha- things had to be put in place way before we ever prayed. And, and the point I'm making is when God answers prayers, a lot of times it's not as we think. We pray and then God answers Sometime God is already answering that prayer before you ask, and then when you ask, it's manifest what God has been doing and in behind the scene, if you will, all the time. God can work miracles, and and uh, but normally He doesn't. He usually just works through providence. Man usually receives God's providence as chance, fate, circumstances, movement of stars, uh, but never the work of God. And. <clears throat> The definition of providence, again, God before the foundation of the world worked out his providence in advance, even when what we call miracles are all part of his overall <clears throat> providential plan. Mur- miracles are not the result of a failed plan, but a revealing of his power for all to see. And we think about our salvation. This is a miracle if you're saved that, you, that, er- <clears throat> that all are saved here have experience. And it is a miracle. It is something that you didn't do, that God worked upon you without your, without your knowledge, without, uh, uh, without uh, if you will, your input on it, only that you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, but God worked in you that you could believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. And the passage before is one of those clear passages speaks of God's present providential care of his people and when he says all things work together for good to them that are called, those called <clears throat> that love God and are called according to his purpose, uh, <clears throat> that means God is working behind the scenes and things that we think are bad are not bad. And, uh, and some things you've gone through, you say, I'd have a hard time calling that good, but God has a purpose in everything that he does. Also, we do not know what to pray for as we should, and the Spirit moves upon our hearts, and I've noticed over the years, sometimes you'd be praying for something, and as you pray for it, as your prayers will start to kind of change a little bit, and change a little bit, and maybe read some scripture, and then you add a scripture to it or something, and and then you get to where it ought to be, and that's when God answers it. And so the Spirit works in the background and moving on us and our hearts uh, that we could that we'd be the people we should be, but that, <clears throat> that we uh, ask those things that are pleasing in the sight of God. We know if we ask according to His will, uh, that He hears us, as it mentioned in 1 John 5th chapter. And if we know that He hears us, then we know that <clears throat> He was going to do those things for us, if you will, that uh, it's like getting a hearing from a king. And the ideal of a hearing is it's positive, it's not negative, uh, what God does. Likewise, the Spirit also helps our infirmities, for we know not what we should pray for 
as we ought. <clears throat> There's two things there, is what to pray for and then how to pray for it. And, and uh, sometimes we get one right and not the other until, as, as I mentioned before, God moves upon us and we get them both right. But when we don't care, uh, you don't have to worry about it. God's not answering anyway. Uh, it is, uh, is uh, whatsoever is not a faith of sin. Uh, Paul did not say he did not know how to pray. He just didn't know what, what to pray for. And then, again, and why, how to pray for it. Uh, some of the times we think people are harsh uh, in their prayers, and uh, nonetheless, many times that's the will of God. We see Jesus in some of his prayers, and the disciples, and then some of their statements, like the coppersmith Paul talked about, and warned Timothy of, that he be careful around him. And so James 4.3, you ask and receive not, <clears throat> because you ask amiss, at, that you may be consumed and consume it upon your own lust. And so the reason our prayers go unanswered sometimes is because we've asked the mist. It's not the spirit leading us, it's uh, desires or this old brain up here or, <clears throat> or we want to satisfy the lust upon the flesh or whatever. And, uh, you know, uh, I read, uh, I was at somebody's house and they had a magazine uh, with Jack Howe. And uh, so I was looking through that magazine. I didn't, that's the first time I'd ever seen one. And anyway, he's talking about praying for cars, praying for houses, praying for wealth, praying. And, uh, of course, if you send your, his money in there as an act of faith, that would help you get, you know, what you're praying for. And then they have examples of people who sent in 50 cents or a dollar or $10 or $100 and got a car, got a house, got something. And, uh, and so that was his examples that, that his plan worked. But that's not the way God works. He, he is not going to, if you will, answer your prayers that you might consume it upon your lust. If you're asking for a billion dollars, I mean, if God's moving you and you have a reason for it that's, a, that's a before God, but if it just is, you'd like to be a billionaire, uh, that's not going to happen. If it happens, it's not from God. In the in the sense that he's blessing us in that Matthew twenty twenty two, but Jesus answered and said, "You know not not what you ask. Are you able to drink this cup and I and that I shall drink of and be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with?" They said unto him, "We are able." Now earlier in that verse, verse twenty and twenty one, the mo- the mother of James and John came. And wanted uh, them to have the, you know, sit on the right hand and sit on the left hand. And uh, Jesus asked them if they was able to drink of the cup and be baptized with baptism. And Jesus said they would. But to sit on his right hand or left hand, that was, if you will, determined by God and not by man. And uh, the point that Jesus, uh, their answer, do you not think that Jesus knew what they spoke of? Somebody said, well, they didn't. Uh, there's a miscommunication. No, they want to be high monkey monks. That's what it is. It's just like uh, you get a group of people. Somebody wants to be the leader, whether they're a fit leader or not. And and people like to be somebody that's looked up to. You know, that's uh, <clears throat> just as feeding our ego. And that was what that appears. That's what it was with these apostles. <clears throat> but they 
like we're often, like we are often, even if we know the overall plan, we don't understand the particulars. We can know we're on the way to heaven. We know that plan. And those who believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, if we are alive at that time, will be raptured out. Otherwise, we'll be resurrected. So we know God's plan in that, but we don't know all the particulars about getting there. <clears throat> and some of these things God reveals to us, some of them we don't. Uh, we, we have in our mind, you know, as young Christians, maybe this or that we're going to do, and, and maybe 10% of it or less ever happens because that wasn't in God's plan. Sometimes sin delays us or derails us in some of the things that God would give us, and and we say, well, that uh, how can you say that he would have given us? Uh, it mentions in the scriptures. And, uh, and if we ask right, then if they hadn't asked to miss, then God would answer their prayers. <clears throat> if they, uh, uh, and some have not because they ask not. And, uh, and so if you don't ask for it, then God's not going to give it to you. Sometimes we get to think, well, God just shower me with blessings. And... Uh, and the blessing God showers us with is usually the Spirit of God. <clears throat> but these other things, we are to seek Him, seek His face for these things. And I can't remember the preacher now, but in her sermon he's mentioned, and you ask God without blushing. I mean, <laughs> that you wouldn't be ashamed to ask God uh, for the things we ask Him for. In our finite minds, we do not know what is best for us. Uh, we don't know, and Paul was speaking about that, how we should pray. This is why we often say, uh, forget to say, not my will, but thine will be done. That's the way Jesus prayed. And that's a good example for us that what we want is the best, and the best is God's will be done in our lives. And we uh, often forget, seek ye the first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Uh, Matthew 6.33 we, and this should be the center of our praying to live for God and God willing that we ask for those things that is in God's plan for us and that we seek his face, that we pray right. And, and it's just as much a proper prayer to pray to God to, that God move you, direct you in the right way that we should pray and then ask those things as pleasing the sight. If we know we if we ask him according to his will, we know we, that he hears us. And as I mentioned again in First John 5, 5th chapter, and how do we know that he's going to hear us? I mean, if we see something in the Bible, and the Bible says this is what God's people ought to do, that's a very safe, if you will, prayer there because you know that's God's will. And these other things we must search out and be sure it is God's will. And... We always pray, or should pray, uh, that God's will be done and not ours. It comes down to trust. Do you trust the Lord or not? The best for us is what God has <clears throat> will for us in our life, is what he has prepared for us in our life. And so when we pray God's will be done, not my will but thine be done, we're trusting God that he will give us those things that's best for us that the Spirit of God would give us the right prayers to pray and, and that we might serve Him in an acceptable, sight, an acceptable way. And what we, when we do not know what to pray for, it is the Holy Spirit that helps us. And, uh, but sometimes if we get a little hard-hearted or we get things in between us and God, 
you can't even hear the Spirit speak to your heart. And that's the reason that we need to confess our sins and be, as the, as the preachers used to say, I don't hear it much more, but be prayed up. And the prayed up means that you get your account right with God. <clears throat> and that's the, that's the way that we should be at all times, that when we go to God, we go with clean hands. And uh, if we go to God with dirty hands, we need to get those things clean. And the way we do it, we confess our sins and faults before God and that Jesus is faithful and just to forgive us for all our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And we see in verse 26b of our text, he intercedes for us. That is prayers that he makes for us. That's things that we, uh, he says with utterings, that we don't understand it. And the, and the Spirit does these things. And, and I know that some groups think that, you know, when you talk in tongues, that's what that is, that babbling, mummering, and all this, that, and the other. But that's not what it's talking about. It's talking about the Spirit of God interceding. Jesus intercedes in glory. The Spirit intercedes here. And, uh, and part of that intercession is that our prayers be made right, are acceptable in the sight of God. And just like going to God in their own name, we know that's a failure from the start. Because the only name that God recognizes is Jesus Christ. And so we pray in His name and that we could have boldness in that day, as it mentions in Hebrews, that we become before the holiest with boldness uh, by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, if you will, and through the, his flesh, which, uh, through the veil, which is his flesh, and that as we enter in before God, we know that it's acceptable to God because we've come in the right name. The Spirit has interceded for us here, and we come, if you will, the way God tells us to do it. And so if you say, well, I'm a Christian, you ought to answer my prayers, that's failure from the start. Uh, it is Jesus, our high priest, that makes the way for us to, uh, <clears throat> to uh, be acceptable to God. He, the Spirit intercedes for us. It teaches us also that we should intercede for others. If we're not obeying God, it's just like you had a child and you raised them up and you told them, now go over here and do this. And they go and they just stomp their foot. I'm not doing that. I'm going to go outside and play. If you let them go out inside and play, uh, then you're not a very good parent because they got to do what God's called them to do. We see Jonah running away from God, and and that's uh, not just Jonah does that. God's people do that. And and first, you got to get that thing done, whatever whatever it is that God has led you to do, and then, if you will, your prayers are acceptable, and and. Uh, and yes, God will uh, answer your prayers in one sense. He'll chasten you. And that you'll know that this is what you need to get taken care of. People running from God will be thrown in the ocean, if you will, as Jonah was, and a big whale swallowed them. Did he like that? He didn't like it at all. He was thrown upon the seashore, and he didn't like that either. And he didn't like going to Nineveh, but he did. <clears throat> and the point I'm making is God... It will move us in the direction he wants to go. I remember I, one time as some, well, it was Mason. I, was, I thought, well, I can't preach that. This thing full of Masons, you know. And, and I thought, how did I get in this situation? I blamed on a preacher friend of mine because he's the one that we was talking to. He's preaching these doctrines in the church that weren't from the Bible. That's what got us started. And 
And my son had told me what he's been taught in Sunday school. And, I mean, it wasn't anywhere close to the Scriptures. And so anyway, we started studying. And, and as I mentioned before, on a particular Saturday, he, he didn't have money to buy the books. And I did, and I bought them. Well, that's God's providence. <laughs> he, he could have bought them, but my brother didn't because he didn't have the money. He went on Monday, and they didn't sell them. They said, well, we don't have any books like that. The point I'm making is, is that God moved in that way, and then when it comes to preaching, I didn't want to preach it. <clears throat> and that's the way we do sometimes. You know, God's done all this. And, and let me say, God don't do those things unless he has a purpose in it. And <clears throat> so uh, we can do the same thing, and not just in uh, preachers, but anybody as God leads us and protects us. And, but he, he gets us ready, gets us prepared. <clears throat> and uh, I know a, a Guy, I was talking about a, at the work I was at, and this uh, this guy was had reached uh, has reached the perfection, and uh, so we was talking, and he said uh, he said yes, and, uh, I said then you think you've reached sinless perfection? He said yeah, and I mentioned two or three things he'd done where he lied to the boss and that type of thing, and I said you ever witness so and so? And he said no, I'm afraid of him. I'm afraid he beat me up, and I said well that you count a sin of omission as bad as commission? And he said, yeah. <clears throat> and so I told him, I said, see, I said, there's no saint that's reached sinless perfection uh, in this world. Just have not done it. I mean, when we see Jesus face to face, that's going to be a different story. And I said, and I asked him, what, what are you going to do about it? He said, well, I guess I'll go before the church. He said, I'll probably be baptized again. And, uh, and the point I'm making is, is that we need to be careful that we follow the leadership of the Holy Spirit and just because we think somebody might beat us up, if you witness to them, if God's leading you to witness to them, you better witness to them. If you get beat up, then you get beat up. Paul got stoned several times. And, uh, and, and you say, well, I don't, I don't think God would have me hurt. Well, just look at the Scriptures. Just look at our history as, as, as the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. Look at the dark ages when people were treated awful. We're not going to mention like uh, men played and so on and so forth. But the point I'm making is just because you're doing God's will doesn't mean it's not going to have a problem. It doesn't mean you're not going to have troubles. But when God prepares everything, and let me say to you, when God does these things, they're, they're obvious. <clears throat> they're not uh, something you say, well, I don't know if I'm supposed to do that or not. Usually you're sitting there and say, I don't want to do that. And, and the point I'm making is sometimes like that in prayer too. We don't want <clears throat> what God's leading us to pray for, we don't want. And uh, for whatever reason, and nonetheless, we'll, we'll not have peace with God until we do. First Timothy 4, 8, For bodily exercise profit a little, but godliness is profitable unto all things, having promise of the life that, it, that now is, and of that which is to come. And so our spiritual life is more important than our physical life. And I'm not preaching against don't exercise, uh, but it's a minor thing because this body is only going to last a few years. And then you're going to be in, t- in eternity, and those things you did for a body is going to be gone. And they're not going to be there. But those things you've done in the Spirit before God are like laying treasures up in glory, as Jesus speaks of, and that it prepares a place for us. And when we come, and that 
if we will, be acceptable, our life would be acceptable unto God. We'll not get in just as by the fire, but we'll be welcome into glory. We do not know what glory will be like. We don't know uh, what kind of bodies the glorified body is. And somebody speaks of Jesus, you know, but uh, John, clearly in First John, he speaks of that when we see him, we shall be like him, I think, third chapter. And John had seen him in the flesh. I mean, he could have said, well, this is what it's going to be like. <clears throat> but I think it's going to be different uh, when we get to glory. <clears throat> when we get there, if I'm wrong, you can tell me. And, and, uh, but I think that's the way it is. We do not know how to prepare for the afterlife outside of believing in the Lord Jesus Christ. <clears throat> trusting Jesus, living for Him, and if you will, extent to, to the extent of our knowledge, and we're to gain more knowledge. I, I do read my Bible through. I know some So, oh, I don't read your Bible through. Do this, you know, read like this and that and the other. Uh, whatever God leads you to do, that's the thing you ought to do. Uh, but I find that if you don't know what's in it, you don't know what to believe. I mean, that's like you doing a book report on a book you never read. It'd be foolish, it'd be silly, or uh, if you will, unless you copy off somebody else, but that won't work with God. <clears throat> we are to trust Him. These things are we to, uh, that we understand, but most of them we do not understand in this life how it's going to be, but we do know that God is preparing us for that place. We do not even know what the future holds in James 4.15 for what and for that, ye ought to say, if the Lord will, we, would, we, shall, we shall live and do this or that. And we don't even know what, we're all planning to go home after the church service is over, but we don't know what God's will, if you will, has for us as we leave this place today. Uh, we don't know what day of our departure is. We don't know when Jesus is coming in the air for his people. We don't, we don't know any of those things. <laughs> But we do know, if you will, for sure, that God's will is going to be done. Whether my will is done or your will is done or anybody else's will, we know for sure that God's will will be done. And in Psalms 37, 4 and 5, it says, Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee desires of thy heart. Commit thy way unto the Lord. Trust also in him and he shall bring it to pass. We have several things in that verse that speaks about that if we do this, God will do that. And delight thyself also in the Lord. And is the Lord your delight? It's, it's speaking, if we, if we think about a husband and wife, it would be like a delight that a husband has for his wife and his wife has for her husband if they're, if they're, a, proper, if they're a proper family. Uh, and this is the idea of delighting in the Lord. Now, what the Lord does is pleasing in our sight. It's not just something we have to do. Well, the Lord's leading me to do as I want. It is something that we're pleased to do because it pleases Him. If we get this mindset, then we, if you will, that uh, trust also in Him, He should bring to pass those things that we delight in the Lord, that we delight in the things of the Lord, and, and He shall give you the desires of thy heart. Now, we could all hold up our hands by asking, how many of you have seen this verse misused? And, and, and I've heard it, and uh, I mentioned already a little of it. Uh, well, I, I, I'm on a Cadillac. 
I want a, I want a this. I want a house. I want a mansion. One billion dollars. That's the way some says he give you desires in your heart. <clears throat> but if you have delighted in the Lord, and then commit thy way unto the Lord, trust also in Him, and He shall bring it to pass. So if you're not delighting in the Lord, you don't, <clears throat> you don't commit your way unto the Lord, you're not trusting Him, let me say to you, you're not getting any desires of your heart. If you do, it's the devil giving to you, not God. <clears throat> and so if we want that life that God is speaking of, or the blessing that this verse is speaking of, then we have to be right in God's sight. God hears the prayers of the, <clears throat> of the Spirit, gives us the best. Romans 8.28, we know... Uh, for a fact, if you will, as this is copied <clears throat> from Butler, we know this fact. If we read and study the scriptures, many folk do not know this great truth because they are ignorant of the scripture, and some that are <clears throat> that ignorance is inexcusable. Great, great conforming knowledge will be known by those who honor and study the Word of God. And also in another <clears throat> section. All things, as mentioned, this all things that work together for good. All the experiences of our life work together for good, and that good may not necessarily be money in the pocket, rather it may be chastisement to help us to be a holier Christian. Sometime we must stand for the faith, and it, there is sometime consequences to that. So as we do not know how to pray as we ought to, then we need to lean upon the Holy Spirit, and that we have a proper temple for him, and and uh, God is working in everything and for our good, according to his goodwill and purpose. And again, we don't see that hand. It's the invisible hand. It's God uh, working in ways that we don't understand in our nation, in the world. Uh, we think these things happen by happen chance, and because this happened, that happened, this, that, and the other happened, and and you look at the why World War II came together and uh, why it happened, excuse me, and we started the little king offended and go around, you know, and this is the way it happened. Now it's God's hand in it. <clears throat> we only think, it's like uh, when I live in California, we have earthquakes, and, and the Christian would say, well, that's not the hand of God in that. That's just a happen chance. That's just, you know, uh, just that would have happened whether we's here or not. And, but let me say, there's nothing to happen unless God is in the providence, providence of God. Second <clears throat> Corinthians 3, 17 and 18, Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. But we all with open faces, beholding as in the glass the glory of the Lord, are changed in the same image from glory to glory, even as the Spirit of the Lord. And so as we study, as we look upon the Lord, as we can, if you will, <clears throat> confer our will for His will, uh, then we're changed into the likeness of the Lord Jesus Christ from glory to glory. And that the, should be the greatest desire of any Christian, that we be changed into the likeness of the Lord Jesus Christ, even as we're here on the earth. And that we be more Christ-like, be more Christian-like, as some people say it, and that is as we conform to His likeness by the Spirit. God even prepared good works for us who walk in the, walk in the Spirit. There in Ephesians 2.10, 
By providence, God has predestinated and ordained certain things. And we, uh, Romans 8.30 in our text, and it says, Moreover, whom he did predestinate, them he also called, whom he called, them he also justified, and whom he justified, them he also glorified. But verse 29 shows a providential care. And to see what it says, For whom he did foreknow, he also predestinated to be conformed. And it's not predestination, salvation. This is predestination to conform to the image of his son that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. And for time's sake, we don't have, to, I was going to do it to a little more detail than I'm going to be able to, but nonetheless, if you will, if, uh, if you're saved by God's amazing grace, then he's going to change you into the likeness of the Lord Jesus Christ. <clears throat> that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. And so how does God conform us? Well, even though a lot of people in our country is against paddling, God's going to paddle you. Even though we think you should not restrain children, God's going to restrain us. And God is, if you will, working our lives to perform that, that we conform to the likeness of Jesus Christ. When you see some of these foolish things that goes on in the name of Christ, we know they're not constrained. I mean, it's just so foolish. And, and that's not the work of God. And so therefore, they're not in the likeness of God, and therefore not part of the brethren, that he be the firstborn among many brethren. And the brethren are those whom God is conforming. He didn't say, I want you to conform. He says he predestinated us to conform to the image of his son. And so that's part of being a Christian. If you're not being conformed, then you're not saved. If you just live any way you want to, and there's no consequences to it, then you're not his. <clears throat> and if you're not being changed in his likeness by the Spirit of God, then you've missed the mark. <clears throat> and, it's, and you say, well, I feel like I'm saved. If you don't have a love for God and the brethren, then we can just go on and on and on, and think all the things the Scripture says we're supposed to have. When we look at the Scripture and say, well, you should have this and you should have that and if you're a Christian, you should be like this and should be like that. He said, well, this is impossible. <clears throat> if it was not for God conforming us into the likeness of His Son, you just throw up your hands and say, it can't be done. But God is conforming us. One of the ways He conforms us is that we read what we're supposed to be. And then when we read what we're supposed to be, then we pray that God make us what we're supposed to be. We know that's in God's will because He's already told us this is what we're supposed to be. If this is what we're supposed to be, then that is the will of God. And so we pray that God make us what we're supposed to be. And there's just passage after passage, verses after verses throughout the whole book that tells you what God's people's like. And you can see when David did not conform to the likeness, God chastened him. You can see that through the whole Bible. That those that, if you will, though they were the children of God, they suffered the consequence or chastisement because they were not conforming to God's dear Son. And so this is a process which God is working on each individual. Sometimes God uses preachers, Sunday school teachers, 
your personal reading time, listen to sermons or whatever it might be, and let me say God's not limited to this. It may be something that somebody says, even a heathen might say to you, <coughs> that God uses to conform you. Uh, sometimes we're not living like we ought to. <coughs> sometimes it's somebody's, well, you hypocrite. And we'll look back at it. And say, oh, they're just, and we might get fussed and all this. But then we need to stop and say, did God send them to tell me that I was acting like a hypocrite? If that's what it is, then we need to change. I know people do call churches and different people hypocrites, but we need to take heed when these things come our way. Is this God speaking to me, or is this just the devil trying to challenge me? And those things that we find we're falling short on, then we need to look to God that he conform us to that likeness, seeing God's providential care for us, how then should we act? You must act, <clears throat> believe that God's working in everything. There's nothing that happens by half a chance. There's no bad luck, good luck, or all these things that people depend upon. The constellations didn't cross over some way or another and bring problems in your life. It's God that did that. <clears throat> we must recognize God's providential ha- hand in Ephesians 5.20, giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Philippians 4.4, 4, Rejoice in the Lord always. And again I said, Rejoice. Now when God says, Rejoice in the Lord always, does it mean just when we think things are going right? <clears throat> does it mean in sickness, in health, what we call bad circumstances, good circumstances? <clears throat> Sometimes it's, our family that's going through some trying times, and we, we have a hard time rejoicing in the Lord. We have a hard time, if you will, giving thanks always for all things. God is using them for a purpose in our lives. Do not look for spectacular miracles, usually just the unseen hand of providence that brings things about. <clears throat> Often God answers our prayers so <clears throat> in such a way that we miss that he answered the prayers. We got on a prayer list, you don't thank God for his answer to prayer, but sometimes it's when you look back and you think, you know, I prayed for this and that, and then God will bring it to your mind. You look back maybe five or six years ago, God answered your prayer back then, and, <clears throat> and you didn't even recognize that he'd done it. <clears throat> and the key to that is, Thy will be done and not mine. How unthankful we can be at times because we're not looking for the sky to open, because we're looking for the sky to open and uh, some spectacular thing happen when always it's that small spirit, a small voice that tells us go this way or go that way as mentioned in the book of Isaiah. Can you see the providential hand of God working in your life? If you're God's person you can if you look God is working in everything for our good but it's not just our good on earth that it's talking about it's our eternal good that he's speaking of it is that which would be profitable to us forevermore some things doesn't seem profitable here but there 
they will be very profitable. If you love God and are his call according to his purpose in Christ Jesus, <clears throat> he's worked everything out before Adam, which will continue even <clears throat> forever, or to the end, excuse me, and praise God, the Spirit helps our infirmities. God's got a plan. <clears throat> if you're his, everybody here is part of that plan one way or the other. And God is working and bringing about his goodwill and purpose that in the end, when we all get to glory, we'll praise God for such a wonderful work and marvelous work that he has done. Whether we see it now or not, we're by faith to accept it, that God is working in all things, and he's working for our good. And everything that happens to us in some way or another is good.